Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. This is Sherry Bayer from All in the Industry. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Listening to Eat Your Words and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Airway. It's a beautiful spring day here in Brooklyn, but we have a couple of guests from, well, one of them lives in Brooklyn. Um, the other is a journalist uh, based in Paris currently. Um, and it just occurs to me, I don't know how to say the greeting in Swedish. Can hey. you help me out here? Hey. Hey? Hmm? Oh my gosh, so I did say, <laughs> I did say hello in Swedish. All right. Good accident there. Um, my guests today have written a book called Fika, The Art of the Swedish Coffee Break. And I'm so glad that they're both here in the station. It's Anna Bronis and Johanna Kinval. Yes. Thanks so much for joining. Thanks for having us. And yeah. I'm going to mispronounce everything else from here on out. <laughs> but um, this book is a great... It's a great um, uh, concept to share, but it's also a really well-done cookbook. Um uh, tell me a little bit about, if, am I understanding fika correctly? So I, I know that it basically means a coffee break, but with food, too. It's like a, a taking your coffee, but with food, and uh, it could be a noun, it could be a verb. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'd okay. say, I mean, at the end of the day, a coffee break isn't really revolutionary. And it, like a lot of cultures do a coffee break. Okay. But I think yep. what's different about the Swedish coffee break, it's not what they do. It's kind of how they do it. How hmm. they do it. Um, so it's, it's very much a thing that you make time for. Hmm. Um, so it's not a push a button on an espresso machine and like, you know, down <laughs> a coffee in front of your computer. Yeah. It's not it's like take a power a <laughs> pick <No>. me up. <laughs> Or no. something like that. Yeah, I love that um, you write that it's about having you know t- some time to spend together and slowing down, sort of. Uh, yeah, you, st- you don't grab a coffee on the go, and that that's not fika. But you, right. uh, is somebody put the coffee pot on in, at work, and then uh, you tell everybody to uh, come. Coffee, uh-huh. it's coffee, and everyone. <laughs> so and they go to the kitchen or the kitchenette or mm-hmm. the conference room and have and, their coffee. And so it's something about like, um, is it communal or can you have a, a solo fika? You could. I yeah. think the point is that you actually take, you go, you walk away from whatever you do. So if you're yes. working by your okay. computer, you, you go down, you make your coffee or you, you can pick up a coffee, but you, you sit down mm. or... Um, so it's the idea of like relaxing. Yeah, and so, it could be five minutes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be uh, an hour mm-hmm. or <laughs> well, could be. <laughs> Can I say like, uh, sorry guys, I just need to figure right now. Yeah, definitely. You should start saying that. I need. To, I should start doing it more often. Um, can I say something like um, uh, get your feet on? Yeah, does that work? Sure. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you guys are like, yes, that does. <laughs> 
Um, do you think that you, the, I don't know, do you think that in America, because you've been here for a while, mm-hmm. Johanna, um, do we get this concept very well? I think so. I have trained my husband, and okay. uh, he's making coffee for me twice, at least twice a day, sometimes like even three times. And uh, so we, we sit a lot on the stoop mm-hmm. in the spring. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. in the sun. And uh, the best times we have something with it, like a sweet treat. Right. But it does seem like some a tradition that, um, I don't know, a lot of like, I guess in like the New York culture in particular, mm-hmm. like workaholics, it would seem like the idea of slowing down mm. is um, less and less done these days. But yeah. uh, is that why you decided to write about it? Or how did this happen that you wanted to kind of share this idea? Pacifica is amazing. <laughs> Everyone should Fika. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it came from a... Um, I mean, I love Fika personally. Something I grew up... I grew up in the States, but my mom's Swedish. So uh, it's something I definitely grew up with just as a, a thing that we always did at mm-hmm. home. Um, but then sort of with the like rise and popularity of Scandinavian food, it just seemed like very fitting yeah. that people would be interested in it. And I think also... And Johanna and I talk about this a lot. Like any Swede that you meet that has moved away mm. from Sweden is like... Ah, uh, where like why aren't people having fika? Because it's just it's that such normal mm. behavior mm. that when you're in Sweden, nobody would ever think twice about mm. the fact that it's special because it, it's not special. It just is. It's yep. a thing Part that everyone does yeah. right? daily life. Um, and then anyone that's traveled to Sweden comes back and is like, "Oh my god!" So they do this thing, and you're like, "Fika, right?" <laughs> um, because people just get so excited about it. Because why not? I mean, it's. I mean. It's coffee and most often a sweet treat. I mean, who yeah. doesn't like baked goods, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who doesn't mm-hmm. like just like really taking a time to sit down? And yeah, it definitely can be alone. It can be with friends. But there's that very social component to it. Mm. So I think that like you're going to go meet up with friends and have coffee and a baked good and a chat. I mean, like who's going to say no to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to try it. Mm. See how that goes over. <laughs> Um, just start to spread the fika, and yeah. uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but uh, so you know, you mentioned you know the rise of popularity in Scandinavian food. Um, I'm wondering how how different or how unique to Sweden is fika? Um, do they have something like fika in say you know Denmark or? Um. They have, but I don't think they because actually, it. you know, Danish has become yeah. synonymous with pastries yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they have great pastries in mm-hmm. both uh, Norway and uh, Finland or uh, Denmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I, do I don't think they call it fika. No. though. but I think they probably do. Yeah, I mean, it's a they probably do, do fika. Given, but they don't I mean, call given it fika. that like all of the Scandinavian countries are like mm. always in the top category mm. of big coffee consuming yeah. places, yeah. and when you look at like when you look at pastries and baked goods, they're a very similar thing mm-hmm. in each country. I mean, they're done a little bit differently, mm. but there's sort of you can see the similarities, and so they like their coffee and a baked good as well but I think like fika like the word and just really making it a thing that's yeah. very particularly Swedish from the from the like Scandinavian friends that I've outside of Sweden that right. um, I've talked to so so it is kind of something that everyone does but I think the Swedes like gave a name to it yeah, yeah they coined it mm-hmm. and uh, it's an but interesting actually, oh yeah actually, sorry but actually in Sweden most Swedes actually just say coffee I'm having coffee okay and then but that, that's the same thing like now it's coffee Time for coffee. <laughs> okay, I see. Yeah. So isn't the word fika like a, a backwards sort of slang for coffee? Because it's mm. cafe. How do you pronounce coffee in Swedish, by the way? Uh, cafe. Is K-A-F-F-E. K-A-F-F-E. And then there's something about fi- 
car. It was like Maybe. reversed. Mm. Yeah, it's in the book. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was... Um, uh, now not like reading the book before I came and doing my homework <laughs> myself but um, it was oh, I want to okay. say like late 1800s maybe? Anna you write oh, it's uncertain exactly when the fika tradition started but the use of the word was noted as early as 1913 yep. using a form of slang the two syllables for the sp- Swedish word for coffee cafe were cafe 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 okay cafe. yeah cafe uh, were reverse resulting in the word pronounced faka and then evolving into today's commonly used fika. Yeah. yeah, so when I was doing research um, on, like, the written part of the book, that sort of the, the using the slang of reversing syllables is mm-hmm. actually something that happens in a lot of different languages. Oh. Um, and in specifically, what I read in my research um, was that in particularly, there were a lot of workers that had come from other places around Sweden to Stockholm to do work. And it was a sort of like working class way of having oh, a language so between them. And that like, you find that in other cultures yeah. as well. Like the, the, they've had, a, like there's a similar thing in, in Britain. And um, I know like in, in French, it's called Verlon and it's mm. like, city kids use this like you just reverse syllables and it's this like way of talking so that's like that particular thing of reversing syllables to say something is not something that's um particular to sweden right it's a sort of like Mm. slang Mm. that is so cool um and i loved reading about like the the history um of fika and also related sort of coffee traditions there is another one that is a little bit more formal and you said it was like for holidays or, or funerals or something like that. What is that called? Café. 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 Yeah. And and how? <laughs> it's coffee rope, actually. Coffee rope. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what is that? Obviously, I don't why, know why. why? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and that's often like for more formal occasions. Um, yes. Like and it's also like, so often when I grew up, it was old ladies. Old that, ladies. So it could Got be it. that the, they. They met to yeah to gossip and uh, uh-huh. but also, yeah it was and then they were like always like presenting like at least seven types of cookies uh-huh. a sponge cake uh, the buns of course cinnamon buns or cardamom buns and if it was really like festive they had a, a, a tart as well like Ooh. a tort as a well tort. Yeah. and it was funny because when we were um, we were in Sweden together uh, for a week working on the book and do you remember we went to like a we went to an old bookshop and we found one of those like you know those classic like 50s 60s etiquette books mm-hmm. like written for women like mm-hmm. here's how to be a great housewife right. essentially and there was an entire chapter on like how to do the right cafe up and it was like Sort of. Here's what you like. Here's what you need to bake. Here's oh, what you no need to way. do. Here's like all of the specific things that you need to do to like, yeah. do it right. Yeah. They, oh they my have goodness. to be tablecloths. They have to be mm. like. Um, I, do you say mangled or? I mean, like it have to be ironed. Pressed. Like pressed, a, yeah, really. Pressed. Yeah. And oh, tablecloth. And iron. Iron. No wrinkles. Na- okay. Yeah. Napkins <laughs> mm-hmm. and and the, they have a sugar because um, uh, they have sugar bite uh, um, cubes. Cube. And you take it with a special tool. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, my <laughs> and goodness. Something special for the milk. Everything in its e- place. Yeah. So speaking of those seven types of cookies, I am holding what looks to be a beautiful, it, it looks similar to a raspberry thumbprint or jam thumbprint. Um, it's amazing. And what do you call this? They're called syltgrottor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Which literally translates to jam caves. So jam you caves. can you can do it with, I mean... 
can do it with whatever jam you want to. Mm. I think in the book, um, we use a jam recipe oh that's then later in the book. Yeah, it's um, what things to mm. using. In there's that something recipe. in the there's something in this wonderful buttery kind of cookie shortbread thing. It tastes a little bit like aniseed or cardamom Good seed job. or aniseed. Yeah. I got it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's absolutely delicious. So flaky. That's but do you ground the and oh yeah, lots of um, butter. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's like jam well or jam thumbprint similar, right? Yeah. And uh, you mentioned cinnamon cinnamon rolls are a mm. common. Um, one of the quintessential fika foods. Well, I think that's probably what people, if people have traveled to Sweden mm-hmm. or they've been in like a Swedish cafe, that's probably the one thing that you would like visually identify really? with, with fika. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, how I can't visually um, conjure it. Is it similar to our cinnamon buns? No. No? And I think this here they often they often bake them clogged together like more like a sticky bun yeah that's true and that's not uh, what the cinnamon okay. bun is is it swirly it's swirly uh, it's uh, it's a roll mm-hmm. and then uh, but we don't have uh, frosting on it it's uh, <laughs> you use uh, pearl sugar and it's very <laughs> yeah i forgot the frosting part yeah. and a lot of american treats <laughs> yeah so there's this um so they can be rolled but then there's also people will do like a it's like a twist there's yeah. no there's no like proper way to say this, but it's like a twisty looking yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, so it looks a bit more like braided oh. into a bun. Yeah. So that's another common way of doing them. But is then on a- top you have this thing like Johanna said called pearl socker, mm. uh, which is pearl sugar, and it's basically like Ooh. clumps of you know they're they're white and they're um, they look almost like like rock salt, like bigger pieces mm. of salt, but they're sugar and they mm. don't melt when you bake mm. them. So basically you get these like you know these little buns like dotted mm. with this white sugar on top. Ooh. That's like the classic thing. Mm. Um, that sounds delicious. It is. And is that difficult to make? Because, um, you know, this, I also love this book because you stress the importance of making your own fika, not going mm. into the store, not mm. going to the fancy bakery and buying fika. I mean, I, I'm misusing this term, aren't I? <laughs> How do you say, like, the food no, that goes great. with fika, like the pastries or cookies? Or do they just have, all have their different names? Uh, a small cookies. Uh, you want it in Swedish, or, or like uh, other baked goods or, or foods that you would serve. Um, well, you can say you can say kaffe bread, mm. which is kaffe which bread. means coffee bread, yeah. and okay. that's kind of like a that's a it's reference like, to like any of that's more like bread bun related. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like that's one expression that's a bit more general. Yeah. Smell cockle. That mm. says uh, small, uh, and that's small cookies. Oh, and that okay. will be a smell cockle. I'm not going to try it. But um, so, you know, you say that um, for you, um, both of your parents, both of your mothers used to mm. bake um, constantly. Um, and uh, for you, baking from scratch is sort of the norm. Mm. And um, that is always the reigning um, preference is to have homemade fika uh, rather than store bought. And uh, so how... Is that hard to pull off? I mean, kind of like having some food in different stages, you know, with a yeast dough, like kind of rising it overnight, or um, is this like a is this a very consuming task? Or depends on what you're making. Mm-hmm. I'd say that like when what we've done in the book, do we tried really hard that it was to make very diverse recipes. So mm-hmm. even if you are like a beginning mm. baker or just you know don't feel very comfortable in the kitchen, there's still mm. like some easy recipes in there that so you can do. Quick and, and then there's other slow. stuff that's a bit more elaborate, mm. um, mm-hmm. like bread and stuff that mm. you know. I mean, 
people should totally feel yeah. empowered yeah. to do any of the recipes in there if they've never baked before, but just to say that there's a bit of a range. Okay. Um, and also, I mean, that's the thing. Like, that's why those cinnamon rolls are so special because yeah. they do take a bit of time, which means you don't bake them all the time. Mm. It's like right, it's a special right, thing when I you see. do it. Mm. Or you do a bigger batch and do mm-hmm. it. Like, my mother did it every second week. Mm, so and then she made week. for two weeks ahead. So and you can freeze stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like a very graceful way to always have something on hand for entertaining, and I definitely appreciate that 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 concept. <laughs> and it also goes along with the concept of just slowing down too. You spend some time to make something homemade for your guests and take a take a moment to uh, to meditate on that and not meditate on that, but just enjoy it. I think. Yeah, I appreciate mm. it. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're going to cut to a quick little commercial interlude and be right back, Jen Moore. has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Washed rind cheeses are a fairly recent addition to the repertoires of artisanal cheesemakers in the United States. These cheeses tend to be stinkier than other types and are often high on the list of connoisseurs. Now, Whole Foods Market has come up with one of their own. The raw cow's milk cheese made by Sprout Creek Farm in Poughkeepsie, New York, is washed with six-point ale from Red Hook, Brooklyn. The beige sticky rind deepens in color as it ages. The satiny ivory cheese within is mellow, with a sweetly tangy bite and a grassy aroma. The current version features six-point diesel, which is in limited supply, so stop by and pick up some before it's gone. And point-of-origin cheese is sold exclusively at Whole Foods Market in New York, northern New Jersey, and Connecticut. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. This is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Hey, we're back chatting more with Anna Bronis and Johanna Kinval about the new, bleh, the new book, Fika, The Art of the Swedish Coffee Break. Um, I've noticed a little bit that Fika is picking up, especially in New York City. We have a, a bakery or coffee house chain called Fika, um, which seems a little bit like calling your tapas bar tapas. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there's actually Fika cafes all over the world. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Fika. I was in Australia in the fall. There's one in Sydney. It's called Fika Swedish Kitchen, I think. Mm. There's one, like I've done, I like looked into it. Yeah. There's like one in Seoul. Mm. There's one, there's one in London. There's one in like Toronto. They're sort of all over. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I just, I, I love the concept. And also it just strikes me that it's a little bit similar to like a, in the Eastern tradition, a tea house where you'd have little snacks along with tea and you just hang out for a while Mm. and uh but would you stay like all day at uh doing fika (laughs) you could actually if you go out with a friend it could actually end up you staying yeah but and because you have a lot to catch up and Mm -hmm. um, but normally at work it's often uh, five to 15 minutes yeah yeah Okay. Um, Anything about how the coffee is made? Um, Is there any rules around how to how to steep coffee? It depends 
Or is it a preference thing? Well, it's not. I mean, there's no rules. I would say Mm -hmm. traditionally, like, Swedes are known for Bryggkaffe, which is just like your sort of standard, um, like, drip Drip? filter coffee. Yeah. Got it. Uh, There's also an older method, like, kukkaffe, cooked coffee, boiled Mm -hmm. coffee. Okay. That's quite standard. But, I mean, nowadays you have, like, the influence of sort of more Southern European coffee culture with espresso drinks and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's just as common nowadays to go in and order, like, a latte as it is to go and order... You're just like black, yeah. But it's like they do like it strong. They like it strong. Yeah, mm. it's strong coffee. Yeah, it's definitely. really interesting that the Scandinavian countries top the list for coffee consumption. Mm. That's like, and that's such a recent phenomenon. I loved reading a little bit about the history about coffee in Sweden and how um, it it. At first, there, the coffee houses were kind of rowdy and un, you know, and then um, it got a bad reputation, and then. Coffee became like this luxury elite thing, and it was um, it was banned during a time of austerity. Is that correct? Yeah, it was one of the kings that banned it for that. But it's interesting because all of that, like that, actually, if you look at coffee history in general, hmm. Sweden definitely follows a very similar um, path that all of the European yeah. countries had because uh-huh. they basically once um, once coffee had you know became this commodity item at first. There wasn't very much of it, so right. only it, only the aristocracy was drinking thing. it. And then you sort of had these more like coffee houses popping up, which were really only fragmented by men. Um, you know, often they were like in Sweden, for example, in Gothenburg, they were close to the port, so that's mm. normally not known for being you know, the nicest mm-hmm. part of town. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but you sort of have, I mean, it's the same in, in France. Like, you know, they always talk about um, cafes really fueling the French Revolution because they were gathering places. Ah. Um, so it's, it's interesting because I think it, it fits into that just sort of general coffee yeah. history in terms of, like, mm. how that went from just exotic import to everyday consumption. And now it's a classless uh, drink. Mm. It's, a, it's a unifying yeah. beverage, it yeah. sounds like. Um, cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about, we mentioned the cardamom or cinnamon buns. Is it cinnamon or cardamom or either or both? It could be both. It could be okay. either. But I think both, uh, uh, both the doughs often have a little bit of cardamom in them. Ooh. And then the filling could be either just cardamom oh. and uh, butter and sugar, of course, and then, and, or cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and butter and sugar. But Sorry, I'm a huge cardamom fan, so mm. that sounds really good. We are, we are too. Yeah, it's actually cool. funny because in doing a lot of these recipes, we were like, oh, Can we, we. I mean, we put cardamom in like everything that we uh-huh. make individually, but it was like, oh, okay, well, here's a yet another recipe with uh-huh. cardamom. Like, <laughs> no, maybe we need to diversify. Great to me. <laughs> I love that you mentioned too that your kitchens are very minimal. You don't have a lot of gadgets, and you ground the cardamom with a mortar and pestle mm. each time. Yeah. Does that make it just more flavorful and fresher? And yeah, I mean, it's just, just so wonderful to just smash it and you just get all the fumes in mm, yeah <laughs> so yeah. I've Arom- always aromatherapy while baking yeah. <laughs> yeah I've always really like this might be a personal thing but I've always liked the fact that when you take you take the cardamom seeds and you and you grind them as opposed to buying pre-ground mm. you always get these like kind of chunky bits yeah. which yeah. like make for this it's not like you have a it's not like you have a dough with like all these like bits in it but you do sometimes just kind of like bite into a little yeah. piece of cardamom seed mm-hmm. and I really like that I think yeah. I know that, that yeah. feeling too mm-hmm. that is really fun alright so you you made the vetebuller yeah. is the cardamom and cinnamon rolls or buns and then the silt c- <laughs> gotter is the jam thumbprints or oh. jam caves tell me a little bit about the um, finska pinar mm. 
finished sticks? Yeah, they are probably not finished at all. But oh. <laughs> I actually got a, I posted on Instagram recently and the Finnish guy asked me, what so are, are these actually from Finland? Uh-huh. And I said, no. <laughs> I, don't, I was hoping you could answer that question. Hey, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's like we call any baked good Danish right now. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, cool. So I, I love the um, sort of holiday treats too there's a beautiful by the way uh johanna made all the illustrations in this book and um they're really amazing uh but this you you laughed on the is a traditional yule board christmas table spread of of pickled herring ham to potatoes and so forth um but uh you also serve certain uh, pastries. <laughs> I'm like struggling yeah. with words right now in a way that I haven't. The Swedish is really hard. <laughs> it is. It's a tough. I language. usually like really try to pronounce <laughs> things, and I'm just looking at words and I'm stopping dead in my tracks. <laughs> um, but tell me a little bit about this um, deer-shaped pastry. Where is oh, that's that? not the pastry. Oh, actually. That's actually uh, it's it's made of hay. <laughs> Oh, so it's, it's an ornament. Ge- it's an ornament. Yes. Oh, okay. It's actually, and also, it's not a deer. It's actually a uh, um, book. It's a, a goat. I think it's a it's a goat. Yeah. It's, a, it's adorable. Uh, the male of the goat. Yeah. All right. So, um, so, some of these like sort of uh, more uh, special occasion foods that you have in the recipes. Um, one of them we all know, and that's glog. Yeah. Yeah, which is a <laughs> Swedish mulled wine. And uh, is that different? Like, how is that spiced in Sweden? It's, uh, I mean, compared to mulled wine, it's often, mulled wine often is, it's a little bit lighter, I feel. Uh, uh, the glug is more, um, it's more, uh, more spices. More okay, spices. got it. Because so it could be, um, like, clove. Yeah. Uh, cinnamon yes orange uh orange could be, we have nutmeg in the recipe mm. i think and ginger mm-hmm. um all right <laughs> yeah i mean it, yeah it's sort of yeah. it looks delicious yeah. i love i love having a recipe for that yeah. because um well it's not the right season but it's mm. it's really good to n- to mm. know how different cultures do it mm. um so one of the one of my favorite types of food these days is the open face sandwich or smorgas mm. And, uh, or I, I've known it in Danish culture as smorbrud. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, smorgas, um, is also, if you have like a whole board of, of smorgas, then mm. it's a smorgas board. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so dumb right now. I'm sorry. I'm like stating such obvious things and you guys are like, yeah. No, it's good. But I think, but, but it's funny because smorgas board is one of those words. <laughs> yeah, that we um, know. That like, that everybody uses that, but actually no, but when then you're like, but you know that it actually means like, uh, a sand- open face. Like, really? Like, yeah. Because people, because it's such a, you know, we've like Americanized that a bit. I see. Mm. I see. Mm. Yeah, I do, I do like make euphemisms like with smorgasburg or like, um, just use it as a metaphor for like a whole spread of exactly. anything. Mm. Um, so, okay. So some of the classic open face sandwiches are smorgas. I'm really excited to, uh, take a look at one of them is a meatball one. I didn't know about that too much. Is that like Swedish meatballs cut up and then with like lettuce or herbs or they often save that with, um, um, a beetroot salad. Beet, okay. Yeah, it's like, a, but it's actually pickled beets. Okay. So and with uh, mayonnaise or uh, it could be oh. also be cream fresh. I think and that then, sounds great. Yeah. So it's beet salad and then the um, meatballs. Yeah. On bread. Mm. Sounds awesome. 
Um, what is your favorite smorgas? Both of you. Oh, I I often am very simple. I like like sliced cheese and uh, pickled uh, uh, gherkins. Sliced cheese and pickled gherkins. Yeah. Good one. All right, Anna. I have no idea. Um, I really like. God, I don't even know. I like really dark, like rye dark bread. Rye. Yeah, uh-huh. me too. Um, yeah. The rye, like the bread, just has to be dense. Otherwise, there's sort of no point, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but I really like. Um, I actually really like, and it's not something I do on my own, but I do really like having the ones with like a little bit fancier, like you have a little bit of like cured salmon mm-hmm. and some dill. Yeah. Um, that's really like that's really good. I, that's something I do rarely on my own, but that's like really special. Um, mm. If I get that, that's pretty exciting. Cool. But I'd say yeah, I I think the my my grandmother in Sweden, one I like that she does a lot um, for breakfast is it's just like sliced cheese and then some cut apples on top. Oh. So you get that just like a sliced apple. So you get that sort of sweetness. Oh. Um, that's kind of different. I think that's the thing about Swedish smuggles is like it can really be anything. Yeah. yeah. I mean. As long as it's tasty. Yeah. yeah. And it's usually cold, right? Like, not, like, grilled cheese or no, something. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, like, a, cold, yeah. a kind of fresh, yeah. fresh feeling. I love that. In All Sweden, right. you also buy cheeses in, like, big quantities. So you often have, like, a... Um, Oh, not a foot, but six inches by six. Yeah, like foot of cheese like, in the fridge. Yeah, like big, like big blocks. Yeah, it's like really big. A, like kind of how you would buy like a like a Swiss cheese often. Yeah. You know, you don't buy just like a small sliver of it. Yeah. Like you buy something that's a bit substantial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we have that um, we have that cheese slicer that's quite. People ah, that are into perfect. Scandinavian design tend to know that one because it sort of um, looks a bit like a triangle at the top, and then it has like a little. Uh, little hole kind of at the bottom that then and then you you pull that along the cheese and it slices it very very thinly like way thinner than you can get with no a kidding. knife mm. way thinner than american singles yes Ooh. wow and tastier <laughs> <laughs> um that's that sounds great yeah and i love the idea that it's pre-sliced that you have that like kind of freshness rather than mm. i don't know whatever then we have like package sliced and in the States, but um, it, um, finally, you know, we don't have that much more time, but I, I love that you stress how ingredients are really crucial. Um, using the best ingredients are crucial to getting the, the best effect for your fika, and, and it's so important because you want to take pride and show off your homemade baked goods by only using... So what are some of your rules around, like, what kind of ingredients, like flour, butter, eggs, milk? Um, what, what are some go-to kind of rules um, is it organic, grass-fed? Yeah. Well, stuff? I think it. I mean, it depends on what you personally like. What your own food what policy you like is. Best, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like my favorite. But I will butter. say, I will say that um, you know, yeah, it's it's a lot of butter, sugar, flour. Yeah. Like we're not talking about healthy dieting like, no. here. We're sure. talking about. But the thing is, is if you use good ingredients, then you're only going to eat like one or two cookies because they're going to be they're going to taste really well. You know, you're not going to just binge on the entire batch like you use good stuff and then you have a little bit of it Mm -hmm. and uh and i think that's because yeah i i definitely have had that comment like oh it's a lot of butter well it is for sure but the cookies um, are small so exactly they are small so it's not like um six inches it's not it's not a foot of cookie (laughs) no 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 but i think (laughs) i think yeah i mean we both of us definitely um you know uh buy organic products mm. um we like eggs from happy chickens mm. etc yeah um so for it us i mean that's like something that, that yeah. in general 
when when we cook, those are things we strive for. So obviously that translates mm-hmm. into the into the baking as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like you cook with your heart, you buy with your heart, and you mm-hmm. you serve it with pride. And yeah. I, I love that. Um, so I guess that's about all the time we have for today. Um, but thank you so much for joining and helping me explain somewhat less poorly than the beginning um how fika works yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds delicious and everyone check out this new book by anna bruns and johanna kinville it's out from 10 speed and uh thanks again everyone at heritage we'll see you next week on eat your words Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.